You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Theater Geeks Anonymous. The podcast about Broadway flops, scandals, and new work. Now, we'll take a break from our usual episodes to bring you this intermission sode. I mean, um, Tony nominations are going to happen on the regular schedule that we're used to. Okay. Uh, you know, so like the week I, of my birthday and all that. I the person that's kind of just over it? No, you're not. <laughs> you're, you're not. I, and I, feel I, kind I of felt like I got really, no, don't feel bad. Okay. Don't feel bad. Like I, I used to get, man, I used to get so excited Me too. and, and it, it has been honestly for me personally since COVID. Yeah. Because I just feel like all these people were suffering all of mm-hmm. these actors, all of these stage hands, all of these businesses. And they just weren't taken care of. No, they weren't. Well, and now it's like, it's this very false kind of expectation that Broadway's back and we're really celebrating it, but you're not. Because if you were truly celebrating the fact that Broadway was back, you would have been taken care, taking care of the people that were out of their jobs. But you also would just be celebrating those people right now mm. and not the industry because the industry sucks i'm sorry it's done i hate it so much there is so much wrong it's it's so it's so very much like the scene in wizard of oz where they pull away the curtain oh yeah and you see this tiny little man talking in this his big boy voice right yeah yeah it's now that we have peeled away the curtain and you we're now seeing what they actually think of us as audience yeah. members and as performers and as stage managers and as ushers and as fill in the blank right yeah they actually see of us and that doesn't like that's you know we're a marginalized group just as a whole but right. they also got these diverse margins you know in the margins yeah yeah that are to being treated even less fairly or without a thought at all. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, and it's so like, I just look at it and I'm like, what? I loved it so much, but I, now that you know that you're, you see more of it and then you start to just hate it. I'm sad. Just, it is. <laughs> Let, I have even more on that. I want to talk a little bit about. Okay. Uh, let's just say hi 
friends. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, it's so, this is what we do. We, we've yeah. been chatting before and then Ebony will push record, but we'll still just be chatting. Yeah. And so like, we don't just take a minute to like delineate. Oh, this is the start of the show. So you, you just no. got heated Pamela right from the very beginning. And I'm sorry. But, but they're, no, don't be, that's what they're here for. They that know what's going to happen. It's every episode we do this. <laughs> So welcome. What's up, theater geeks? Oh, Thank you so much up. for tuning in. You get a nice little <laughs> short one today. It's a little intermission sewed. Yep. Yep. It'll yep. Be it'll be it'll be good. Uh yeah. So just like Pamela was saying, so Broadway's back. We did a whole episode on yeah. uh, Broadway's back, but is it better? Right. And um, I guess that we're kind of still answering that question as a yeah. no right now. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But there is some excitement because you mentioned just before we started recording that yeah. there are 14 shows that are currently in previews or that are setting that are starting yeah. to go into previews soon. Right. So 14, uh, that's one four. Crazy. It's that crazy. Is nuts. They're all meant to open uh, in the month of April. Okay. Uh, which the day that we're recording this is uh, it's March 27th. Yep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so. And so uh, a bunch of them are in previews already. Some are like starting up in the next couple of days. Um, and so some of those uh, that I do want to talk about, and we're also going to kind of go back to the little rant we had at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. But some of those shows that I personally am, am looking forward to are like the Macbeth with Ruth Nega. Mm, yeah. I love Ruth Nega. Yeah. Um, I just side note, we're also recording this on the day of the Oscars. I would Again, just like it's just another like industry but, but, that but I'm wait, just done with. Just, yeah. I know, but just wait. Okay, <laughs> okay, but just let me finish. Okay, okay. because because if you have not seen there, it's on Netflix, it is called Passing. Okay? okay. It is a movie with Ruth Nega and uh Tessa Thompson. Okay. And it was directed by uh, Rebecca. Lord, Lord, help me. I'm going to look it up. (laughs) She's an actor. I love her. I can't think of her name right now. I don't know. Rebecca. I'm looking it up right now. Hall, Rebecca Hall. Okay. Um, It is. Watch it. Everyone should be watching this movie because it is a window into colorism that Mm. a lot of folks don't have to deal with. Oh, I heard about this. I heard about this one. Yes. It's, it's amazing. And, uh, it does have some Oscar nominations and, um, so, but I just love Ruth Nega as an actor. And so I'm really excited about this Macbeth. Uh, I, if I'm Frank, I was actually more excited about her Hamlet, which I missed. And okay. sort of got truncated because of COVID. It like mm. came from England to here and sort of okay. got truncated. Um, and so I, I of course, I, you know, I'm more excited because she played Hamlet, right? So yeah. she was like the, and so, you know, so this is Daniel Craig, which is fine. It's fine. <laughs> uh, you know, but like, I'm more excited about her being, being Lady Macbeth than, sure. than anything, frankly. That'll be exciting. Yeah, that'll be a good one. Um, another one is the little prince. I like that book. It looks really fun, beautiful, okay. and imaginative. I, oh, I love the book too. And for those exact reasons, it does, yeah. it kind of takes you on this adventure, but you almost get to choose it yourself. Like it's, yeah. you put yourself in the, in that role as the little prince and 
it's 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 the most I guess open ended fairy tale that I've ever yeah. read before. So that's why, yeah, yeah. It's a good. It's a, a that one begins. Uh, pre performances begin on the 29th of March. Do we know who's in that? Um, <laughs> I always ask you the question. I know, but you, know well, you could. <laughs> I'm googling. Well, because yeah, because uh, I'm just on Playbill for the listings, oh, okay. and it's not really giving me uh, casting notice. It like who's who's in all the casts. Let me look on um, their website. Then there's also the play How I Learned to Drive. That's going to have Mary Louise Parker and David Morse. Okay. Um, and a lot of people are excited about that one because um, they were the originals uh, when it first premiered. This is oh. Paula Vogel. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then Hangman. Okay. I just want to talk about Hangman super briefly because this is one of the plays that was set to open, uh, was set to begin previews and then COVID happened. So it okay. just got obliterated and it was one of the ones that had closed. Like they were, had no intention of bringing it back, but it amazingly, it's like one of those that sort of rose from the dead. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, so that one is, well, it looks like uh, performances are scheduled to begin the 8th of April and opening night will be on the 21st. Okay. So that's sort of one of the, uh, I, I want to call some of these the zombie plays. <laughs> <laughs> they rose from the dead. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Love it. Uh, and then uh, Funny Girl, which is mm. just like, it's funny because... <laughs> When they first announced Funny Girls coming back, they have it's like it's like the boy who cried wolf because yeah. it has been yeah like it's been a decade yeah more <laughs> than that I yeah. mean it hasn't been on Broadway since the sixties right when it was right. when it, the original so they just every couple of years Funny Girls coming back and I was like yeah 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 it was, actually you know what it reminded me of of the Second Street train that had been talked about for like <laughs> eighty years or something. And then everybody, and then when they were like, it's coming, people were like, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. And then it came and you're like, oh, okay. Okay. Well, I guess it's here now. And that's helpful. And so it's the same thing with funny girl, like funny yeah. girls, like the second street, you know, second Avenue train. It's like, okay, well, I guess, okay. It's actually All happening. Right. We'll uh, and performances uh, begin today, March 26th. So fantastic. So there you go. And uh, that's going to be Beanie Feldstein, who I do. I like her. I like her. I'm not familiar with her work. You should. That she's I think funny. you. Yeah. But I think uh, actually. Well, she was uh, Minnie Faye in yes. uh, Hello, but Dolly. We had, we had just missed her. Yes. When we went to see it. I feel that you would love the movie Booksmart. I feel that's right up your alley. It's on Hulu. <laughs> okay. You should watch it. <laughs> and then you will like her and you will understand Okay. Uh, why people in my house are a fan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Booksmart was like, I was like, I am grown and I want to jump inside this movie awesome. and like hang out with these two nerdy girls who have no <laughs> idea what they're doing. I just love it. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. And then this other one that I'm really excited about because I've talked about her incessantly on this podcast uh, so for colored girls who have considered suicide when the rainbow is enough is coming back to Broadway and why I am excited about it is because uh, of who it is going to be directed by. 
Um, it is going to be directed by a woman who's mostly known for her choreography, Camille A. Brown. Uh, yeah, so Camille A. Brown is not only um, choreographing, which she did for the off-Broadway production, which I saw and we talked briefly about on this podcast, but yeah. she'll also be directing. This will be like okay. her first time. It's a big deal. I just... What she did with that production was absolutely beautiful. I cannot wait to see what she's going to do with this Broadway nice. production. And so that one I'm really excited about and it is another one I want to see. Birthday Candles, which also is a zombie play. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was supposed to come, but COVID. Mm-hmm. And that one stars Deborah Messing. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. I remember hearing about that one as well. Yep, yep, yep. So uh, that's just like a handful of the ones. I mean, there's Mr. Saturday Night with Billy Crystal, uh, POTUS. Oh, uh, yeah, I just, uh, that came up when I was researching the show that I'm doing in the next episode for some reason. I'm not sure why. Oh, POTUS. Oh, (laughs) yeah. yeah. I don't think Uh, they're related at all. I think maybe it just said Broadway and then that's what the algorithm brought me. Oh, okay. That's (laughs) okay. Uh, Paradise Square already in previews. We've talked a little bit about yes, that here. Have. Garth mm-hmm. Rubinsky. Yep. Uh, Plaza Suite, uh, which is in previews and opens March 28th. That's the one with Sarah Jessica Parker and Matthew Broderick. Yep. Um, and then The Skin of Our Teeth is another one that begins previews on the 1st of April. So these and, are mostly plays then. Uh, well, let's see. Funny Girl yes. and Little Prince are both musicals, right? Right. They are. Uh, a Strange Loop, which won the Pulitzer during COVID, is coming, and it begins previews April 6th. Nice. Um, and uh, you all know, like, Typecast, the Benefit Concert, one of our, one of, one of the actors who was in there, he won the Drama Desk, and he's going to be in this Broadway production of A Strange awesome. Loop. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's a, a bunch... Um, some that are super exciting uh, that are coming. Um, and so there's some things to look forward to, but I'm, I'm gonna go back to our points uh, in the beginning, sort of about the Tony Awards and yeah, things are on a reg- regularly scheduled. Um, the first week of May, we'll have nominations as usual. And then um, the, the actual production's gonna, or the actual, award ceremony will happen in June. Um, we're probably not going to this year. We're probably not going to go through all the nominations and all that. Like (laughs) we usually do. It's just, I think we're both feeling like, here's the thing is like, I, I want everyone to have these awards. Mm -hmm. I think they work really hard. I think they deserve them. And so, um, I just want to preface whatever we say by saying like, we're not, like some bitter, angry people who are like hate awards. It's like, I want folks who've done the work to get their accolades. They need to be getting, get your flowers, get your flowers. I want you Mm -hmm. to have your flowers. I think, I think the thing that I can at least speak for myself in saying is that what I find frustrating is that these very people who are going to be nominated for awards and who won in the fall when, when the Tony awards, um, had a, a very late show, uh, just were not very well supported yeah. uh, during COVID. And and um, I was reading an article in the LA Times this week 
which honestly, it made me so sad I was unable to finish it. And I know Mm. for a lot of other people that they would read it and maybe it would give them more hope. But I'll just speak for myself in saying that I found it very upsetting um, because this article uh, was about, you know, some of the work I've mentioned about being arts hero many, many times on this podcast and just the number of people who are pivoting away from being actors, away yeah. from being musicians, away from being anything arts related. And when you look at like how large uh, the contributions of artists just um, contribute to the GDP mm-hmm. and how that if arts completely fell, uh, our entire economy would be worthless. Right. Um, it's just really upsetting to see how even within their own community, um, they're just not treated in ways that are helpful when we're in crisis. Well, let me, let me just put it this way too, as a performer, and I'm just going to say performer, cause that's what I know. Yeah even as a performer that is working at the highest tier that you can get in theater, you're still straddling the line of poverty. And one bad week will send you right over, right? Yeah. Well, this wasn't a bad week. This was a bad two years. Yeah. And the support that we received was no better than thoughts and prayers. Right. And I will, I'm, I'm not a performer at currently, but like, I do put myself in that situation only because I have friends, I, I have copious people that I know that we're all going through that. Right. And that I, and felt you're in equity them. too still. And I am, yeah, I've been paying into equity all this time, you know, but it's also, it's just like it, I look at it from the outside. So I've got this kind of a really nice perspective that I can, that I can put on this because I was in it and now I can look at it from the outside and also still get information from the inside of what's going on. Yeah. They, they did very little for us than to say, don't worry, we're, we're, we're behind you, you know, and I'm, and okay. When the, when the shelter, (laughs) let me get my thoughts together. I'm a little scattered. When the shelter in place first happened and at seven o'clock every night, Eastern standard time, everyone Mm -hmm. got out of their houses and started clapping and banging on their pots and pans for the first responders. That all started out really great, but Mm -hmm. a week went by two weeks, three weeks. And suddenly you're like, what are we doing this for? Mm -hmm. Because it doesn't help anything. It doesn't help anybody. And it doesn't really even tell first responders that we care because nobody is hearing my clapping in the middle of Astoria when the hospital is in Manhattan, right? So like that, that's kind of what it was. Like it started out swell with the theater, the, the, the people that held the reins that have the, the purse strings, right? Yeah. Started out really nice with them telling us all of these wonderful things and saying how much they appreciate us and telling us how much that they're going to be taking care of us and no big deal, right? But then two weeks, three weeks, four weeks started to go by, and you're like, well, that doesn't help me. And there were like, if if I had been in the situation where I didn't have another job, where I was just auditioning, I was just a performer at the time that the shelter in place happened, I wouldn't have even been able to claim unemployment yeah. because I hadn't had a job in theater for an extended amount of time, right? right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was working a full-time job, but 
when I claimed unemployment, it took them several weeks before I even got that first paycheck. So at a certain point in time, we're just going to say, you know what? Shut up. I don't care about your platitudes. Show me the money. Right. Show me in action how much you support me as a performer, as Mm -hmm. a stage manager, as a tech person backstage, as an usher as a vendor, as a marketing team, like whoever you are within the, and there are so many people, there's so many cogs within this. uh, I'm running out of analogies, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, you understand, I think everyone understands where I'm coming from. It's it's that, that feeling of like, Oh, just shut up. Stop talking about it and do it already. That's kind of what it feels like. I think where I am on the, because I was listening to a story on NPR yesterday about the Academy Awards, Mm -hmm. about the Oscars specifically, Mm -hmm. where um, they're saying that like they're, they're getting rid of so many different categories and then they're opening up for like a people's choice kind of thing through Twitter. So you can like nominate your favorite movie of the year. Right. Mm-hmm. Just as an, as a rando person on the street, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Whatever. That's fun. Yeah. And then they're going to, you know, have one of these people is going to win the opportunity. One of these people that are put their favorite movie on Twitter is going to win the opportunity to announce the award. So, I mean, the award could go to, I can't, I can't even think of movies right now, but like any movie that happened last year, these awards can go to. And so mm-hmm. this random person can get up and it's supposed to like spur interest, but it was interesting what the ladies on NPR were saying, because one of them was like, I mean, they're, they're catering now to an audience that was never theirs. Right. And they're shoving away the audience that has been with them. throughout. Yes. Yeah. And that made me think of the Tony awards too. Yeah. And they've yeah. been doing that for a long time with the start of like the whole red carpet thing before the Tony Awards. That was when I almost felt like I was being shoved out. You know mm. what? Because like, I don't care about that stuff. I want to see the shows. I want to see the production numbers. And I want to clap for my Audra McDonald's and for my Marin Maisie's and for my, well, let's just keep it in the ragtime family, Brian Stokes Mitchell. You know what I, know. I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, I don't- and that was the, the best I still stand by. I was talking to somebody about this yesterday. Hmm. I still stand by the best Tony Awards ever was the one where all the creative arts ones were on PBS. So I was like two, three hours of that. I was give it all. I want all of it. And then when they went to like the main award ceremony on CBS, they were also giving you snippets of the plays. I was like, that's what I want. That was the best one. Then the they got rid of one. the plays altogether. And I'm like, why did you stop doing the plays? That that was the why, best yeah. ever. Yeah. Totally. Because, because it, that, w- listen, it's like, it's like, it just reminds me a little bit of how we complained about season two of Smash and how it just <laughs> felt like the showrunner didn't understand his audience. It was like, he just kept beating us over the head with like yeah. what he thought were breadcrumbs. But it was like, dude, dude, listen, the yeah. people you think need this. <laughs> Right. don't need this yeah. because they're not going to get it. And the people that actually get it, you're just hitting us over the head with like, it's like, like you don't I know. get it. It's rent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, and so I'm feeling like that with like these award shows because I, I, I also love film. Like I love yeah. film and I'm, I'm nerdy about that too. Listen, <laughs> I'm just nerdy. 
<laughs> and so like when I hear that categories like best score, I freaking love to hear who won best score because sure. I like to listen to film scores. Yeah. And so I, I am too. interested in who wins. Okay. Yes. I want to see them go up there because you know what? They look the most like normal people walking down the street. <laughs> like I'm not going to see yes. Nicole Kidman walk down my street, but that film score person with like their dress from Macy's. Yeah, that's that. Those are my people. Yes. Do you know what I'm saying? And so like. You're right, like they're catering to a group of people who only care about like the Kardashians of the world mm -hmm. and honestly weren't even watching this. It was right. like the nerdy kids like me who were like actually ingesting ridiculous amounts of podcasts about how to make a film and the kids who are <laughs> watching hours and hours of YouTube and are like doing taking film courses like mm -hmm. we're like the nerdy ones who just want to ingest right. everything we can about film and so like or the just the little 10 year old that feels othered by the yeah. people around her and she just wants to see what is possible for her life and right. what she would enjoy the most like that, that person is important. Even if That's that right. person didn't actually go on to do anything in theater, the way that the Tony Awards made you feel yeah. when you were able to watch those performances, like that is magical. Yeah. That's the magic of film. That's the magic of theater. That's the magic of entertainment. Yeah. And they, they I, I, I will say the, the thing that I've noticed, uh, with what's happening with the Oscars is it seems to be like, it seems to be much more, um, the annoyance is more audible. I hear more mm. folks talking about it. I see it a lot more places. Sure. The podcasts I listen to are complaining about it. And when things like this happen with the Tony awards, I'll see a bit here or there on Twitter. Like when, you know, the Tony Awards split, you had to do Paramount Plus and CBS. Yeah. And I was like, after everyone just lost their jobs, now we're doing a paywall. That's what you're doing. That's yeah. so tone deaf. I can't even, Completely. but I just saw like a handful of people complain about it when really it should have been like the whole, the whole industry. But the problem is industry so small. And I think folks really feel like if they speak out too much, they won't have work. Yeah. And, and that's the way that they've always been though, yeah. too. Like that is yeah. the frustration of it all. And I guess we had spoken about this before. It's like, are we going to come back different? Are we going to be more inclusive? Are we going to yeah. be more diverse in not only color, but also body type? Are we going to, you know, not rely completely on the, the single white male than everybody else on the stage, you know, that right. kind of stuff that was always really important to us, but you're right in that it's also about listening to the people that are enjoying it the most yeah yeah and catering to them right because you're not gonna get like I, I, somebody I've heard other two other people tell me about also there was like a whole twitter feed about how it should be parsed out mm -hmm. the oscars anyway uh because the tony awards I mean and maybe they're already sort of doing this right is like they're putting behind a paywall, the part that like nerdy folks like me really care about. And then like all the shiny glitzy stuff is on CBS. And that's mm -hmm. the part that, so maybe it's not a terrible idea, but it's just, I still felt like with the paywall, it, 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 well, it's when almost people, like a punishment. Like we were right. the ones that were watching all along and now we're being punished because we were right. watching all along. Yeah. I guess too. <sighs> 
Well, but I just want to finish yeah. really oh, quick I'm sorry. because yes, of course. the Twitter feed that people are talking about as it like that's similar and is about the Oscars is that somebody is saying like, why don't you do this thing where you have, you know, two and a half hours of the creative arts and, you know, all of the categories that they were taking away mm -hmm. that so many of us actually want to watch. Then you have like a sort of like a halftime show. You do all the musical numbers in the middle. And that way, all the people who want to watch that get all of that. And then you have targeted advertising for that portion. And so then for the last like two hours or so, so that it's not so long, mm -hmm. you do all the acting categories and the directing and whatever else, like the people that you're trying to pull that never really were watching. Sure. Um, can can now ingest and I was yeah. like that's a, actually a pretty decent I like idea I guess the point I was trying to make also is that they've already been catering to the people that can afford to go to theater yeah yeah and that's not the 99 percent, right yeah that's that is the people you know I I was doing research for this next episode that we're doing and the average cost of a ticket for a Broadway show in 1986 was $30 <laughs> And I literally went, oh my God, I'd see so much theater. If yeah. It was yeah. Dollars. Yeah. But it's not like, I think the cheapest you can get is usually right around 85 to 90 bucks. And that's in the nosebleed section or maybe limited view. Right. Well, it and depends on what you're seeing. Cause you know true. me, I'll go, I, you know, I yeah, go hard will. for a cheap ticket. I can figure it out. You know <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, like we've already allowed for the people that can, can already afford it to make those yeah. decisions. Music like, man at $600 a pop. I'm sorry. That's, I'm sorry. No. And that, uh -huh. I mean, just the idea of that makes me want to boycott the entire experience. That, that I saw, I saw, I get Broadway briefing every morning and it said, uh, music man tops box office. And I was like, at $600 a pop, have, of yeah, course you are. was 12 tickets. Of course. <sighs> oh, I know. Damn, I just, I can't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, but why, you know, why do we want to support that? <laughs> I know. I know. But this is what I think about. I think about music man at $600 a pop. And then I think about slave play mm -hmm. and how hard Jeremy goes trying to make sure everybody can see stuff. Yeah. And that those types of folks, that's what makes me continue to go back to the theater because he's like, I will, how, how can I get you in the seat for free? Yeah. How can I, you know, because he yeah. really cares. He really wants to have people be able to, to experience theater. Yeah. Um, and so this leads me into the last thing we'll talk about on this episode is okay. So I went to Delaware and I saw this new musical called Otherworld, which was written by Hunter Bell, uh, who wrote the book, and then Jeff Bowen and Anne McNamee, who wrote the music and lyrics. And this show is um, it's about a group of video game players. Listen. I just want to preface this by saying, I don't know crap about video games. So <laughs> words are going to come out of my mouth for you, like video game nerds that you're just be like, Ebony, that is a hot mess. What are you even saying? Those that doesn't even make sense. Listen, I don't know. I don't know right. what I'm talking about. So no shame. 
I, you know, whatever you can <laughs> at me and tell me what the real words are because I don't know. Um, <laughs> so the thing about this show is that it is so radically inclusive. It's amazing. Okay. And so that like you had the show opens and like the opening number is just like all these different people of with different gender expressions, different abilities, different body shapes, different skin colors, just every, just every ages, everything you could possibly think of. Yeah. That's how the show opens. Okay. And they're sitting there and they're playing, they're talking about like, you know, beating a world and freeing some people in this (laughs) video game world or whatever. And it's just like, immediately you're like, Every, you can, everyone can see themselves on stage. That's awesome. Immediately, as soon as it opens. And then, and then uh, the, the story is, so like uh, the lead character, he, uh, his mother um, created the game with someone else. And so the other person um, also uh, is no longer with us. And so. He goes to try to find him because they don't know if he's dead or alive and meets the daughter. So the daughter, for people who don't play even one video game or cell phone game or anything (laughs) like myself, she's our way in. Okay. And so um, (laughs) she's like, she's, this garage is like filled with like all these sketches and stuff. And the lead guy, he's like obsessed with it. And she's like, I don't know what this is. What is any of this? I don't care. <laughs> she just doesn't care. And I'm like, this is how I feel about video games. And um, they end up falling into the video game, right? And so the woman who is like, I, what would you call her? She's sort of like the queen of this world. It's okay. like, that's what I would call it. <laughs> she's, she's black. And we are so often not in anything futurist or in anything fantastical or video games (laughs) Um, that it's just like, uh, I'm grown. (laughs) And I was like, it just continued to inspire me to like make the things that I want to make. Yeah. Um, And so... It's just like really beautiful, really beautifully done, really fun, very inclusive. And uh, they were talking about how they had a group of school kids come in for one of the shows and they had to talk back after. And the kids were just (laughs) so beside themselves. They loved it so much. And they said the kids were saying things like, I've never seen myself on stage before. I didn't know I could be in a musical. I mean, oh, kids I who with all types of disabilities yes. and body shapes and and races and gender expressions. I mean, specifically because yeah. one of the lead characters, you know, they are uh, non-gender conforming. Mm-hmm. And so there were some young people in the audience who also were and they were like, I can I can just like be myself and like be in a musical. And it's just <laughs> You can. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's, it's things like that, that that's why we keep going because it it's, 
it feels few and far between, but it's happening. And if we keep being loud and we keep making stuff and we keep, you know, making noise about how we're here. Oh gosh, that was the best part. Okay. The last song (laughs) is the last song is called, um, this world is our world. So you see all everyone in the cast, like I said, all gender expressions, races, abilities, ages, everything singing about how this world belongs to them. In a time where like the world is telling us we don't belong here. And you're just like, I can't. This is the greatest. I'm getting goosebumps just hearing about it. That's awesome. I will say that it is slightly bittersweet in my heart. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's just because of jealousy. (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, at 40 years old, we never saw that. Right. Yeah. You know, I think into my 20s, maybe then you'd see the one fat track. I hate that terminology, but that's what they were called. Like, that's what they're known as, right? There's that one female white, let's say, I'm sorry, white female that Mm -hmm. is overweight, that Mm -hmm. serves the purpose of being the comic relief or the best friend or the mean girl or whatever they are. But there's that one character in every show. And then she understudies the old lady in the show as well. Right. Yeah. That's the formula. And so I guess I saw myself that way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But it's mm-hmm. not fair. Like I didn't like I wanted to see, you know, I would have loved to go to a show and have the curtain open and just be like, oh, my God, I'm there. Oh, my God, I'm yeah. there. too. Oh, my God, I could be any of these people. Yeah, I yeah. love that. I love that. So that's, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm a little jealous, but I think that's so, so amazing for for all the little youngins coming up now who can choose. Who can just say, yeah, that I can be that. That's me. I, I can, can I offer though, like, even though, yes, the youngins are seeing it again, it's all ages. That's true. So even That's 40, true. it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter because you can be in it too. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the beauty of, of that, of that show is just that like, you know, and so then what happened was like all these kids were so inspired and like, we're like begging their parents to come. And so like a bunch of the kids brought their, their parents. And it was just so interesting to hear the stories of like older people, like into it and like calling out in the middle of the show, you know, because (laughs) they would be like, Oh, uh, Charnette, who, who was the black woman who was like the queen of the world. That's what I call it. Um, she said (laughs) there was this woman, uh, it was a black woman who came one night and there's a part where like she transforms from you know the one who just she's handing out all the awards and then becomes a warrior and like takes off this robe and like has this like sword and stuff and she said this black (laughs) older black lady called out yes girl you got this and and I was like I love I love so much yes You better. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's spectacular. I love that. I love it so much. (laughs) Uh, So that's, I I feel like that's a really positive place to end this intermission. So I just more shows like Otherworld, more inclusivity like that, like radical inclusivity. 
uh, which will hopefully not be radical and just be how it is. Yeah. That's what we strive for. I would for. love to hear from our listeners. Yeah. If there is some show coming up, it does not have to be Broadway. It could be anywhere. It could be like in a regional theater in your hometown. But like, is there anything that's happening around you that you are yeah. super excited and hopeful about or that makes you feel like we are taking a turn into a much more diverse and inclusive theater world? Yes. Yeah. Please add us. You all know where to go. We're on Twitter, <laughs> Instagram, and at the email. And- yep everywhere so just add us awesome yeah (laughs) thanks for listening thank you (laughs) bye (laughs) thank you for listening to our podcast theater geeks anonymous you can follow us on instagram and twitter at tga and on facebook at theater geeks anonymous don't forget to rate review and subscribe to the Theater Geeks Anonymous podcast on the Broadway Podcast Network and all your favorite podcast listening apps. Your intermission sode has now concluded. Shut up, sit down, and turn off your cell phones. Or we'll tell Patty Lapone. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.